Tonight, we welcome the new trust to the stage at the Phoenix Theater. Formed in 2003, this is a band that needs no introduction on this stage. These people have an incredible history in the building, both personally and musically, as well as in Sonoma County. Please welcome to the program Josh Staples, Sarah Sanger, Julia Lancer, the band known as New Trust. New Trust. Thank you for having us. Did Josh and Sarah, who are married, who are in this band, did they meet at the Phoenix Theater? <clears throat> no. No, we, we met uh, at... Your ska band's practice space. Yeah, we met in Santa Rosa at, uh, on Airway Drive at a practice space that my old band used to play at. Was that the conspiracy? The conspiracy mm-hmm. practice oh, at a place called Studio F on, uh, on Airway Drive. And it was a really cool space. Um, I don't know how. I mean, it was, I, used to, I only practiced at my parents' house up until that point. And other people's, like, homes and stuff like that. This is actually a place where Adam Thies, who you all, we Adam all know. Adam Thies has his shit together. He had his yes. shit together when he was like 19. So he had a, yeah. a, a renting, he was renting a place with a bunch of other bands. I think it was like Animal Farm was one of the bands. A bunch oh. of these bands from the 90s yeah, absolutely. Um, were playing. And so we took, we had, you know, paid rent on this space and it was a little big band. So we had to kind of fit a lot of us in there. And a couple of those members, 15. Adam Thies included, were, went to high school with Sarah Sanger. My high school had a pretty okay, I guess, jazz music program. Yeah. And so they had a bunch of horn, uh, horn players, ska band ska horn bands players. Ska horn players. She was friends with these band nerds. and um, Really and cool dudes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite quote about Conspiracy by Sarah Sanger is that she would divorce you, Josh Staples, <laughs> if the band got back together. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She, I, I love this. She band. would definitely, yeah, that was, uh, it was pretty much as good as signing divorce papers if <laughs> I got the band back together. <laughs> I mean, even just for a one-off? Can we have a one-off? Just for funerals. Okay. Well, we can work that out. <laughs> we did that. Yeah, we did that yeah, for a we funeral did that. here at the building. Yeah. Uh, it, it really it's, uh, speaks more to my... Ad- you can say it. Not to put you on the spot. No, <laughs> I, just, I just like uh, the, the... It's a problem with uh, nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's some people in my life who've continued to play great music since 1994 and 96. Uh, Adam Thies. Josh Staples, Corey Gray. Yeah. A lot of those guys. A, lo- every, a lot of very, people very still of play music. And I think that uh, we need to reward these old fuckers for keeping it up. And yeah. you have a quote, I think it was your quote, on the New Trust Twitter account, which is, Nostalgia is a heavy burden to hand to those of us carrying the weight of living in the present. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a good quote. Um, I wonder, does it become more difficult to keep looking forward as more and more of your contemporaries seem to be looking backwards? No, I just make younger friends. <laughs> we all have. <laughs> like, our, like our friend, it's me. Uh, bandmate, uh, Julia Lancer, who is 10 years younger than you guys. But do you, do you see that? Like a lot of the people that you played music with and do you, Sarah, because this is kind of your battle. It's my problem. Yeah. And, and I do, I know that if Josh wasn't uh, burdened with being my spouse, he maybe would have a more pure experience with his own nostalgia and his own history. But I played cheerleader for a long time for a lot of uh, this <clears throat> scene, a lot of bands, uh, and I just saw how much work gets put into getting to the next thing, getting to the next step. And uh, 
I, you know, just keep going. Just keep going with the musicians you love. Like, don't ask for it to be the best time of your life, you know. Let's all keep trying. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's deeper, and it takes it's, a little bit more whiskey for me to be eloquent about it. But it, I think maybe um, my contemporaries, friends of ours who I've had this conversation with who get a little mad that I'm not open to the depth of nostalgia that my age group loves assume it's because maybe my band is not as successful as I want it to be, etc. But it really has a little bit more to do with, um, I mean, Josh is in other bands and the, those same bands get that same treatment of like, that's great that you wrote the most epic 12 minute song ever, the Velveteen that makes people literally cry. Uh, but can you play that fucking crap ass ska song <laughs> about the Pepsi can Man, that's a good song. That's a great song. But even that twelve-minute song is a very old song. I mean, that's, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. No, sure. I, that, that's like a stacking example. I, I was yeah. actually thinking of Fistful of Ninja, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. The most misogynistic song of the 1990s. Well, that's the truth. Well, we don't well, need. We, we, we hid that for a reason. So there's, there's parts. Yeah, beat. there's certain things that I mean. I like to think as someone who is not necessarily a uh, you know super young person. <laughs> I'm not necessarily a super middle-aged person even and kind of erring on the older side no, no, these days. No, no, you're middle-aged. Let's go there. But there's a, you know, having done this for, since I was a teenager and having played in this building, my first shows were here. I love the feeling of playing in a big band on at this stage and it oh, is sort of appealing of the, the idea of, of, of people saying, oh, I really would love to see that band play again. But I'm not looking backwards at any point. Like there's been a couple times where I played. We did a little Wonder Years thing here for the 10 year anniversary of the Wonder Years, and that felt acceptable because which was a 90s band. That you yeah, were it was in. like yeah. a late 90s band, and it was really fun. And for me, it was short lived. So getting it back together seemed like a really kind of really fun thing to do. And um, we had kind of released the record, and it was a nostalgia fest kind of thing. And that's the only time I participated in that particular kind of thing. Getting a band back together for fans or for, I don't know, it was probably not so many people that knew about the band that were here, but it was still, I'm trying to look forward rather than look backward. And I have, I find myself so busy with new stuff that if I was to take time to go learn a bunch of songs I haven't played in literally 20 years, I would, I think I'd get off track and I, I have enough shit going on already. Like I love all the shit I have going on and I don't want to, and I feel like when someone says play that shit you played 20 years ago, even if it's a band that you've been in for 30 years or whatever, of course, if you're the Stones, please play that shit you played 20 years ago. Don't play that shit you played last year. But if it's a band like us or a band like a band that's an independent band, play the new shit. The new shit is what you're doing. Whether you like to hear it or not, I'm not really even a big proponent of let's get back and play that whole album all from back to back, front to back that came out 10 years ago. I feel like Which that is... Which you guys were flirting with the idea of in Velveteen. We were recently. flirting with it. But yeah. it just didn't, once and again... you listen to the songs and you're like, I'm not there. For me, I feel like nostalgia is like a mud trap that my car gets stuck in. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. spend a lot of energy and you're like reminiscing and oh God, weren't things great? And then when it comes time to go forward, it, it's like a gear shifting thing, which is very difficult. And you can, you're, I don't know, it's weird to describe, but that's where it's been with me when I've visited old projects or old collaborators you know sure and and yeah go ahead i was gonna say for me though uh when we do have uh, some of the throwback shows it does mean that i get to see people that i haven't seen in an That's awful true. long time sure and i get to see those reconnections which are special for me to watch even as as an observer See, but so that's I do what love makes that me stuff. a terrible person because that shit just makes me mad. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck you not coming to shows? Well, because you haven't got to the point where you're missing some of these people. Too. No, I miss people, oh, but okay. I just uh, yeah, the it's it, it's hard. I'm turning forty this year, so I'm going through a lot where I'm 
thinking about where other people's lives are at and um, how much my contemporaries are often assuming that we're all at the same place in the same time. And um, so when I see people I haven't seen in a long time, it's a lot about uh, here at the Phoenix, you, you'll you come to a show where maybe people are popping in for their first time in five or ten years, yeah. and they're like, oh, it's so crazy, oh, it's so different, oh, it's this is amazing, or da-da-da, it's just the same, and I'm, it, to me, this is this is familiar, this is home, and, and I almost just feel like, do the work, do the upkeep. Yeah, please keep coming. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, oh, I haven't been here in 20 years. I'm like, I come here all the time. You should come here all the time. Yeah, I wish you would. And it's two, yeah. it's two different types. The people that you're excited to see again have moved on to another chapter in their yeah. life, and they're briefly looking back. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But they are inhabiting a different space, whereas you guys are in a, a completely, you're, you're not in the same space, but you've moved in a different direction. That's a better way to put it. Yeah, they pivoted and went another direction, and you guys have continued on with the creative direction more so than they have. I I also have this, I'm starting to notice this idea where uh, music or creativeness or fun or youthfulness is a phase. And I think maybe Josh and I, uh, and weirdly we jumped Julia into this weird cult of this is not a phase. Where it did not occur to me when I was a young person, you know, not brushing my hair, wearing terrible clothing, going to shows all the time, starting to get tattoos, that that there would be an expectation that someday I'd wake up and everyone around me would be like, we've moved on. That was a phase. Because I felt like we were all building a life and a way of being. And now I'm turning around and I realize that maybe that was the expectation for everyone around me, that it was a phase, that you stop doing this, you stop playing music, you stop. And this is coming from us. Of course, if you ask any of the people that we might be talking about they're like oh those people really are stuck in one mode they haven't moved on with their they haven't got families they haven't you know we've done certain we've taken our life a certain way and other people take their life a certain way and we're not as subject to a lot of the nostalgia we'll go to some shows like that Mm -hmm. we've been to a couple of those shows that are like hey let's go to a 10 year 10 year record show and every time i do i'm like i could be home listening to the record the thing i like about shows is when people drop certain songs into a set and you know there's songs from the whole career i want to be surprised when that song comes up i don't want to anticipate I know, how the, I know this record from front to back. Now I get to watch it front to back, played. I could be home. But I think that <laughs> I, I think everybody at the table didn't get the memo that fun was just a phase. Right. Whereas I think oh, that good. probably Tom, maybe Josh, are maybe more at peace with the fact that there are less and less people, maybe their own age, that are on the same page as oh, them. Yeah. Whereas I think it seems like you're oh, re-examining a little yeah. bit. And, and, and I, I re-examine a lot, too. But oftentimes, I, I feel pretty confident in the decisions I've made thus far. But sometimes, you know, your mind wanders and you, mm-hmm. you stress about, is this the way I want to go? You know, it seems like oh, you've sure. been doing some of that. Oh, I'm always just that person. Yeah. I can get esoteric. and I mean, I've been this... I'm, it's it's not just turning 40. I've kind of always been this person, but um, it's not a it's not a phase. I'm sorry. This band won't end. It wasn't just a side project. We're all fucked. This is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this band has once been described to me, uh, I think maybe by you, possibly by Josh, uh, as being an extremely stubborn band that's going to just keep doing it no matter what. No matter, no matter what. And I feel like that's sort of what you're saying right there. In the beginning on one of the bios on one of the sites, it said that this was going to be like a 10-year thing. I don't know who threw that number out there. Why did that get written <coughs> online somewhere? Was that you, Joy? Well, they approached me at Flying Goat one day, and I was behind the counter, and they asked me to sign on for a verbal 10-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've seen so, you play drums that one time. You're pretty cool. Um, so you want to be in our band? It's 10 years minimum. 
So yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how, this is actually how they tricked her though. They said all you got to do is just promise to be here until you're Josh's age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and not, well, I was yeah. ex- I was exhausted. Get closer. By, feel, at that point, I was. We're I, still so far apart. I was <laughs> just Josh's girlfriend for so long, watching bands basically just disintegrate all around us. Right. Like it just went. It was like it was Fast and Furious there for a while. It was like Conspiracy, Edeline, Wonder Years. Oh man! I mean, I'm sure yeah. there was other stuff. All in there. great bands. All bands I, I'm yeah. happy to have been a part of, and all bands that yeah. I learned a ton of no, stuff. No, the heartbreaks worse for. when a good band can't. Yeah. yeah there's uh, for me it was like the, the conspiracy was a seven year band and when I started that in that band I was uh, fucking 19 yeah, 20 you guys were 20 kids. years old and the conspiracy I think is worthwhile to talk about on this episode because it is part of what led you to the new trust number one and number two anybody who's a part of this world has known many bands and can find some truth or some mirror in another person's band either yeah. failing or succeeding and and that's interesting you guys have been playing music for a long time Sarah less than Josh and Julia less than Josh, but um, you've seen things change substantially, in, especially in the last 15 years. Sarah, you went on a tour with Death Cab. You were doing some, some merch stuff and all mm-hmm. that. Uh, Josh, you've toured the country with Velveteen internationally as well. Mm-hmm. We've seen so much change, even in the last 15 years, about like how bands are treated, how viable it is to tour, how easy it is to like make something happen with it. One, one example is uh, support bands. They used to get paid uh, yeah. more reasonable amounts of money, and there used to be more encouragement of local bands put on oh, shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Neither of these things now are... Now package tours are yeah. four bands, and everyone's getting shit money yeah. except the headliner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, uh, package yeah. bands with four or five people maybe getting $100, maybe $150 yeah. a mm-hmm. night, yeah. and uh, no, uh, very few locals, especially from the national mm-hmm. perspective yeah. here. Jules, Jules has done the same thing. She's been... Jules toured Europe before we did in a band called Transistor Transistor from uh, New Hampshire. And so she was in Europe like a a couple months before we were. She's done the same thing with Kowloon and traveled and done all kinds of cool stuff. I think I do. I have seen that happen quite a bit. I've been part of tours that have been four band tours, which have been a lot of fun. But at the same time, I always prefer to see a local opener, whether for better or for worse. How do you find those bands? Yeah. And and at those shows only have I seen some of my favorite bands. ever. Oh, like our favorite bands. As a band, we're kind of oddly obsessed with this band party of helicopters that only four people know about. But they were a band. They it's, they broke up right after we started to be a band. Right. But we. But, but uh, your story of seeing them play in Erie, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. with the Velveteen out of tour. Yeah. And your show got closed, and then it was in this hallway, and it was too loud, and the ceiling tiles were falling down. <laughs> yeah. And we saw this. Yeah, this band from Kent, Ohio, and they fundamentally changed like my views of music and like what's possible and i'd say that they're a big influence on all of us actually um and we still get to play with i mean that's coming from 2003 our band starts he tells us his story about this band they get voted like best band to watch spin in 2002 and we're like okay what's this what's this thing you know what is this thing and we we check it out then we basically stalk them (laughs) for like three years we, we forced them into being friends with us we after like, a while. Yeah. We would be the only people at their show in San Francisco. I don't think uh, you got to go to that. Oh, I did. Oh, we yeah, were all there. We were like, for sure. And <laughs> were, they, were they great live? The great uh, live band. Yeah. It's yeah. not everyone's cup of tea, but it, it, it is an example of community, and it is an example of the national community of, of tour-ness, which keeps me in love with this. Yeah. I mean, because I go to Akron, Kent, Ohio. I stop in after playing with Joe's new band at the downtown place in Akron, who are fucking amazing yeah. also, um, to Earthquaker Devices, which is a really big pedal company now in the U.S., who is the guitar player from Party Helicopters, who I'm obsessed with. 
And it's just, it's community. It's these people. Yeah, they're not in big touring bands anymore, little touring bands. But I go to their towns and I'm like, I know you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This will be my two of two Sarah Sanger quotes on Twitter from the New Trust Twitter. <laughs> You wrote, music is not a competition, it is a community. Absolutely. Uh, do you feel like the community of musicians is being squeezed by some of these decisions? Well, what does we were kind of talking about decisions we were talking earlier. The way, uh, it was go, more competitive oh, way, okay. now. Yeah. yeah, well, there's more people, statistically. I mean, yeah. I, I will not say this more than one time in a conversation, but there's more millennials than there are Josh and I's. There's certain times where you do this long enough and the feeling like I do it now not because I expect to get a big tour with a bigger band and get on a bill that is a bigger show myself like I don't expect to I'm not doing it so that I can get on a big tour well we've we've done all that we did that before and that exchange is less satisfying than going to a town and playing seeing, to 30 seeing to into, 70 like, people yeah. that feel playing, you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, playing I mean, don't you find when you're, when you're opening up, especially in the sports slot, a lot of times they're just waiting, you're, you're mm-hmm. filler. They're waiting for you to get done so right. they can see who they came to well, see. Well, the other, the other yeah. story really that shined a light on me, because I had come up through a much more traditional music world, which is because I worked for Death Cab and I helped uh, Velveteen a lot during the early part of their career in that time when things were a little easier. I don't know. Easier is not the word. It's just there was a formula. You tour twice a year. You do the U.S. You do the certain things. You hire these PR people. You get this type of label. Things might work just it. You really had a sense in the early 2000s that had a lot more about how you operated your business, basically. Are we were working under the guise of like death cab cursive these people who really yeah. looked like it was working and then you look now at the difference between cursive's career and death cab's career there really is still that quotient of luck or whatever anyway i was obsessed with the idea that if you did things a certain way certain things will happen for you um and i still can fall into that mindset when we're putting out a record where i'm like well what pr person should we da 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 and it's just we don't even magazine. have a fucking label anymore. Why does my brain go to these really <laughs> traditional places, right? That's uh, one of the best. Uh, not to interrupt you, and we'll yeah. get right back to it, but we hired a PR company for our last record, and we got one printed piece of... It was in the... Of aver- or not advertising, wa- but we got one magazine. article. It was, it was about oh, our dogs. It was the Bark magazine. Oh, Bark magazine. <laughs> uh, and it was great. But it, we, played, uh, we played a show in, uh, in Philly. We, we, were on a, we were on a package tour with Minus the Bear. We played TLA, 800 Occupancy, very... F- flashy sold fashionable out. sold out show champagne afterwards <laughs> on the roof we sold $21 in merch no one came by to the table to say I have always done merch so I have a very close relationship with that uh, I do it for my own band I have a problem um, I have control issues uh, so we, we one week before we had been on we were kind of doing our own thing and we we came to the same town three blocks away to a to a West punk house Philly, West Philly unfinished basement the first punk show this place ever did Ultra and they were super Ultra. excited yeah. called Veggie House I don't know <laughs> if it's right. still around Veggieplex uh, s- sound was terrible food was great um, we played it was probably a mishmash of it was not the TLA sound system we made really good friends people fucking bought our records cool. we saw great bands it was just a different yeah. feeling and for me I, I think these guys have always known this Julia especially has always known this because she didn't get lulled and into that, one. that consensus complacency <laughs> that I had been bro. building myself up to as, a, as the business manager of my boyfriend's bands, whatever <laughs> I was trying to do in the 90s. But um, I've learned a lot through this band, which is 
enjoy the goddamn process because it's not going to fucking yeah. go anywhere. Because even if it goes somewhere, you still have to fucking enjoy it. Yeah. Well, right. we, we call tour dog vacation now. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? In fact, that brings up a point, though. I mean, not to diss the PR people entirely because, quite frankly, as I understand it, your dog is now touring... Uh, quite successfully <laughs> well and that's probably really annoying to you because if you search the new trust every interview that comes up has a question about the dog the dogs <laughs> dogs <laughs> yeah. Yeah. two dogs but that's very and we have for i don't know when we yeah. start doing it the dogs i don't know we did we did two as soon as we tour. got them yeah as soon as as soon as we went on to had dogs and went on tour but <laughs> but back to the thing you just said here's a quote from an interview that doesn't have to do with the dogs it's about the darkest the path album and you said that the uh, that album is about the perspective that when you work hard as an artist and you work hard as a musician, there's still so much work ahead of you. Making a record and making a song, it doesn't make your life any easier. Like there's this idea, God, right? I'm so depressing. <laughs> no, no, no. But <laughs> but I think that a lot of people think that well, once we do this thing, once we get this thing done, once this article comes out, once we play this show, well, then we're going to be on easy street. But I think your perspective is no. The work is always Let's, continuous. Our band was built out of a time of that frustration in the early 2000s the velveteen was going through the the ringer on a lot of really big decisions and um my lovely husband here developed uh, sleep apnea and was choking in his sleep from stress it was great we like it's a big reveal here yeah tonight. i don't know how old are you 27 28 years old and you were just choking yeah, in I your was sleep str- it was like stress like re- record deadlines and that kind of stuff yeah. this is like the band had, our band had just started but but it was just that we <laughs> I still, still yeah, a couple beers and I still will do that. But this <laughs> okay, is just it, it, started, yeah. it used to be, it used <laughs> to be literally he would stop breathing and okay. I would fear for his life. I, it, and now the Velveteen is not this thing in my life where I'm like, that is that thing over here. And this is this thing here. Now we are together in the same fight. But there was a period of my life where that got so big and so stressful dealing with how to manage this band's future these these young men's futures that josh and i were older than them and a lot of decisions were laying on us at that time and i was of that thinking like well if we just do it this way and this pattern everything will work out and it it wasn't always sliding into place i felt culpable i felt part of something that wasn't mine and so this band was built of basically step the fuck off sarah get your own goddamn band and it has improved my relationship with my husband and his other band <laughs> well there's yeah i think that's kind of like that that way of thinking is the equivalent to like we're all going to be rich someday if we do the thing right because some people are going to be you can say that writing a, a hit song and making a hit record isn't going to change your life it's going to change some people's lives it's going to change the the small amount of people that go on to huge success mm-hmm. and huge money it, that isn't what it's about and we're we got to realize that as a band, I mean, I'm not giving up hope that there's fun and success and great times in music, but I'm not, our goals are not to take it up to a level. Oh, I like exactly where we're on. Nobody in our business. No one ever complains. (laughs) We're not trying to, to appeal to more people than we can, we can personally meet and know all their problems. Yeah. We kind of tend to know every single one of the people at our shows. There's a, Few ex- there's a handful of exceptions, but if you go to a new trust show, I, I could tell you most people's first names in the audience and their bands and their dogs. Yeah. And the people that we don't know come up and tell us very inappropriate stories about how our <laughs> band songs started a relationship the first time or they ended one or, or ended one. It's something really 
deep yeah. about and then we have a long conversation they get to know their first name and next time yeah. or something <laughs> like this but if like music that. is about community that is yeah. part of the mission statement mm-hmm. right yeah. there and there's something that's really wonderful about that oh yeah. of course i love those stories they're great it's just so interesting to me that they they then do become wrapped up into our lives and we'll see them 10 years later with like the same partner or a different partner or oh yeah there was a couple there was I uh, see him in a different place or in the country. Or one woman admitted to me, she's like, I'm sorry you haven't seen me at shows for a while. You are the band for my last boyfriend, and it You're took right. me a while to get over it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe other bands have that happen, but I've, maybe because they're, it's like that, I, that, that we're a couple or something. Like maybe there's something yeah. about. Mm. I don't know. I don't there's really there's know. something to, like, if you're, I think if you're a band that. Your fans are going to do, are going to age and become who they are, and they're going to do what they're going to do. Their lives are going to change, and more often than not, they're going to have a family and they're going to have a job that takes more of their time. They're not going to have that time that they, their youth that they went to shows and stuff. So the people that grew up listening to our earlier stuff, they've aged out of us in a certain way. We kept going. We didn't get big enough to not get out of their visual way. Like unless they try to find us, they're not going to, and they don't try to find us, and that's fine because new people come on board all the time, and it's roughly the same amount of people every time we play a show. Um, for better or for worse. It's enough it's people to meet. <laughs> enough people to be super fun and total and absolutely worth it. And in a way, half of the people would be the same. But do you worry that we have um, that same cultish mental disability where literally sometimes I think if only three people showed up and it was just you and me and Jules, I'd probably still... Oh, that's happened a number of times. Yeah. I'm still into it. <laughs> I'd, rather play for the, I'd rather play really well for those three people. Oh, some of those small yeah. shows are the best yeah, shows. Are, that's you'll yeah. where you get your lifer fans. Yeah, those are people that are like I saw you play to no one and yeah. it ruled. Yeah. <laughs> and you ruled. I think that even if they've aged out or they're current fans, I think the existence of the new trust after 13 years is a symbol. And I think even if they're not listening, I think it still means something to people who've ever had an experience right. with your music that you're still doing it. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to sound unkind like you have no, to. I do no, 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 I don't. I, I don't think I you are. That's true. I just, yeah, I just yeah. believe that if if somebody heard that this band was breaking up, I think that would be a psychic blow. Uh, oh, even if they haven't all? listened to yeah. the band in 10 years. We don't break up. Yeah, yeah that well, would mean something terrible happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We won't even discuss that. Um, like, Jules moves even farther than Michigan. <laughs> Jules is living in Michigan, but the band is carrying on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about wow. the discography for a moment. Um, sure. I don't know that this is true, but I've like looked at all of them as their titles and their themes, and it's like a really fun, in my mind, like arc that follows many creative projects, as well as people like us's journey into adulthood. So the first one, we are fast-moving motherfuckers. We are women and men of action. It's like bravado. It's excitement. Everything's adventure. Here we go. Fucking, we're going to kick ass, and we're going to take names, and we're super excited. Mm-hmm. Right. That's Great. We made the album. That's how it felt. Yeah. That's, that's how it felt. We had our CD done before we played our first show. And, and, <laughs> and it was an exciting time, and it was like, for, for Sarah, it was your first band, right, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, and Julia, I don't know how many bands you had before, but... One. Uh, one 2003. Band, one, one band before. Oh, one. Okay, yeah. But I, I think I'd been, playing, I'd been playing drums. By the time we left for tour, I'd been playing drums for six months. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. You, you were could, a journeyman. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, people, and, would, people would ask me, and they'd say, how long have you been playing drums? I would say, uh, count backwards. And I would say, oh, six months. And they're and like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet there was a lot of excitement in the immediate community. And I know you booked a European tour within a year of that. And mm-hmm. that was super crazy. We can talk about that in a little bit. Super exciting. <sighs> but it wears off. And we get to dark is the path which lies before us. The shine is worn off. 
things aren't what we thought they would be. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, dark is the path that lies before us. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the glow of the future was in fact imagined, and it's less bright than we thought. This probably isn't all true, but this is just where my mind took me. No, you're pretty, pretty on. And then we go to the next <laughs> album, which is called Get Vulnerable, which is a fun play on words because, of course, it's like the new trust, Get Vulnerable. That's fun. But not the title fun. is not fun. No. Get Vulnerable. <laughs> I mean, you're succumbing. You're embracing the darkness in order to emerge from the darkness. (laughs) And uh, this is what you have to do. And then we have a little fun side project, which is the New Trust and Friends Battle to the Death, where Friends cover some New Trust songs. That's right. This is an important album. Because to get through dark periods, we need our friends. We need our community. You know, potentially you made it through because of these friends. Absolutely. Definitely. And then you get to 2013, which is called keep dreaming now i had a a different interpretation of it and then i read an interview that josh did but let's make them come together keep dreaming is you've experienced all this bullshit but you know what you're 10 years in and you're gonna fucking keep going the album is not named after that the now the album is named after carrying on with the memories of who has passed and 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 living with that they live on in your dreams that's what you that's a big part of it but of course there was that like the like the new trust get vulnerable the new trust keep dreaming is another Mm. one sentence album title yeah (laughs) and i don't know if you want to talk about it on here but keep dreaming you recorded with steve albini Mm -hmm. which uh was a fun experience absolutely um it was fun for jules i recommend anybody do it that is in a band that has that loves music history and would love to record Midwest it with people don't think it's that big of a fucking deal but if you're from california and you can get to chicago it is the best therapy yeah, you're save ever your money get. and do it it's and what worth is steve it. albini's claim to fame Meet pj well, harvey yeah for each of us it's different <laughs> it's different P- pj harvey rid of me is for us uh, the pixies uh surfer rosa was for definitely the first thing i think mm-hmm. i re- remember hearing going this is different than every record i've ever there's heard there's a viral thing about him he sent what a letter it? to somebody was it oh there's so many yeah just, but there was like was it nirvana Google. or something like that i don't know it was it was some artist that he, he wouldn't accept like a greater cut than what he was yeah he doesn't, oh, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't take, take points. points yeah so which is unheard of in the in the major label music industry at least and and then in utero is the biggest record that's that, what i was talking everyone, about, everyone knows yeah, yeah. Um, and it's I pointed with Jules. It's I, I mean it, for these guys it was huge, and it, for me it's huge too no, now. But I just wasn't was into it back in those days. It was a little tough for me when it came out. I gave it to a friend, <laughs> and he he uh, he I was le- busy listening to Susie. It was just a really unique experience. Like you went there, and they lived with this guy Steve Albini for a couple of days when they did the record. Yeah, it was back. Five I mean, days. he lived at the studio. I don't think he, he had, does any longer, but he lived and on like one of the stories of the studio and That's we rented the rooms upstairs it's kind of his living room though his wife works weird hours so he we, he'd finish recording you and then just uh eat dinner in front of you we'd, we'd sit and watch tv and hang out i'm also a big fan of a band he sings in so for me that was actually a bigger deal for me yeah he's he, the, the band, band shellac okay. his band shellac um, is his voice is huge. through i think he's maybe used to listening to his voice through uh, headphones, headphones. Yeah. Because it's his job. And so shellac recordings sound very much like his voice through cans, through headphones. So we would finish In the the industry, we call them cans. By the way, yeah, well, oh, yeah of course. Yeah, well, we're in the industry, so we understand. <laughs> so we'd finish recording, and you're on a different floor from him. So you're not like it's not like a traditional recording experience where you're looking through the window at the guy. He's he's upstairs doing online poker, poker. or whatever. Um, Which is how he made his money, by the way. Yeah, it's he, fine. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I was he, I'm he has personal. a recording studio. He made a bunch of money doing poker. Maybe that's he, not supposed to be out there. I don't no, know. No, no. He I'm just, my he lips are getting loose right now. Not to say he was he's he was very attentive, extremely supportive. Yeah. Not to say that he can't divide his attention. I am. A person, I do not like being produced, quote unquote, 
as a musician, I'm looking for an, an engineering experience, and that is his thing. And the thing you loved about working with him, he told me, was you loved that he asked all three of you what your opinion was. They, he didn't just discern who like the band leader was. He was right. he was very like, hey, everybody, what do we all think? And that's that's a special thing. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. Jules and I planned the whole week where we're like, okay, we're going to record for four days, and then Josh is going to sit and mix the record on the fifth day. Jules and I are going to go shoe shopping because it's fucking Chicago. You go shoe shopping. <laughs> it was and we wake up, we're making our coffee, and then Steve Albini's like, go, we'll see in the studio, and Jules and I are like, what? So we had to go sit down, and we're like, we have to sit here while they mix the record? We've never had to do this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was very interested in, in everyone's opinion, of course. But, n- but in the right order, it's something that I've been trying to explain to all engineers since, and it's a subtle psychological trick where, um, like Jim mentioned, I think maybe for for brevity or who's paying the check or whatever, a lot of engineers look at whoever seems to be most opinionated and appeals to them first. And we have always operated like that since this band came out of Josh's kind of ideas musically early on it was like him putting his side project thing together and it's grown from there so I got very used to like turning to Josh and saying well what do you what do you think do you think it was okay and um as much recording as I've done this was the first experience where Steve would not look like when he's mixing Julia's drums he's putting the different you know room mics in the in the mix and he's like what do you think he pretends we don't exist he looks straight at Jules and he says what do you think of this snare sound? I don't know, Uncle Steve. Whatever you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that process, I think you said, was uh, you don't think it's your best record or it's the best recorded, mm-hmm. but you believe that it changed your lives. Yeah, mine. I don't know. I haven't really. That's how do you it feel? It's like the coolest thing in the world, It man. was literally the coolest thing. <laughs> and so the reason we're on Albini so much is this was a big decision for you folks to put money together, to fly out there, to record. We didn't with fly. We, we toured. Oh, went, that's the part. That's okay. actually kind of a, a, as Dude, big a deal. When, when bands tour, you're like, you're 30 days. You go around the whole fucking, you go, you do the thing once again. You go around and you come home and you're like, we sound fucking amazing. We're going to play one show. And then you forget how to play then everything. Stop, then you take a big break and after your tour. You, and you then you have to record again. some new songs yeah. or start writing again. We were like, well, what if you do that thing where you tour, then you record when you're still really good. And no one gives a fuck about our band. So we got to just tour playing all new songs. People what, are, most people are seeing us for the first time as usual complained. Yeah. and everyone is like whoa or people that and our fans people that come out to see us that have seen us before they're like they've they given up hope that songs. we're going to play old stuff anyway yeah they're fine they've yeah. seen us before they're like you're not going to play you're just going to play whatever you're playing was there disagreement internally about putting the money aside to record with Albini no 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 it was uh, it really seemed like a big motivator for us we're like let's do this fucking let's record with Steve I know he's accessible he's not like he's he, of course he's a famous engineer but it's not that much more expensive than other places because yeah. he does he doesn't charge points um it's not that that would make any difference not for not us. for us but <laughs> but he's but he's a famous he's a <laughs> no famous difference. engineer that you can get a booking with for the same price that yeah we called and you'd be surprised at that point and three years ago his calendar was wide open and he was like i need to we need to make some money so let's uh you know he's book time book time and he was like i wish more people would book time People are still, you know, that. Three I think years it's ago. like the the pretty girl that doesn't get asked out. I think a lot yeah. of people. I think a lot of people just assume yeah. that yeah. it's a difficult thing to do. People in the Midwest uh, know that this is not a difficult thing to do. If you, I, you talk to any musician who lives in Chicago, Minneapolis, they're like, "Yeah, I've done a day with Steve Albini. I've done a week in his studio." Would you say the process of recording with him was in the top ten coolest things that this band has been able to be a part of? 
I me mean, as a human. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, a, and as a yeah. you would say number one. <laughs> the no, and, one. Th- and that's why it's it significant. So, cool. so I mean, to somebody who maybe who doesn't know who Steve Albini is, if we keep a lot of this in here, they're going to be like, why are they spending so much time on it? But but this band was the avenue for you to hang out with a yeah. guy who you respect a bunch well, and he gets to have his fingerprints all over your music and stuff and that's nah, pretty cool. he doesn't have that many fingerprints on the music that's the whole point well yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was like we were we were baking bread or josh was making making little pretzels, pretzel muffins and you're and working would, on the espresso he, he would like come in and he would come in and, and ask us and just hang out with us and he would just want to awesome. talk. Yeah, I mean, the adventures and the people that you meet uh, are why a yeah. project like this, even if three people go to your show uh, on a given night or something, that doesn't matter. Well, I think that's uh, there was a huge relief in knowing that even if Jules was to move across the country, that we, this is still, I feel like I get to see her all the time. It helped I us realize truthfully more than when you lived yeah, in Oakland. It helped so. us realize that it really is a three-piece band. She's a big part of the band and that it was a huge motivator to make that reality stay. You know, I think the things that are really close to you, you kind of take for granted. You know, you think, oh, well, we'll just write another record and we are just three musicians that are in a band and that's not that big of a fucking deal. But when that is kind of on the line because of however many miles that is, you... 23. It... 100. It... <laughs> It readjusted my perspective of how important this was for me. It's not like yeah, when she so said she's going to move, I was like, yeah, no, it's very it's common now, time. but it, it's not. We're just learning how to operate under this, this new framework. And I think yeah. for me, it's working out really well. But you moving was the first real like, hey, this, if we don't really work on this, it's going to go away. Right. And Which is not true. It's never going to. Well, no, but, it, but, but uh, well, a, a no, band member living across the country. It, like, it, it, truthfully, if, if a, band, work a younger band, whatever. if their member moves away a younger band would just replace that member. They'd be like, how are we going to be gig every weekend? How are we going to be gigging? How are we going to hit, how are we going to play bars every night? If we don't have that, our drummer in town, like we're not about to do, like we are strategic about what we're, when we travel and what, when we do that kind of thing. And we, we don't play shows every time people ask if we we did that for a a long time, (laughs) the never say no's, the never say no trust um, for a while there. But that was, we met a lot of great people and stuff, but that's not what we're focusing on. But a younger band would find a different member if their member moved across the country. A younger my- band might think there was still hope. Well, Sarah and I were having this conversation <laughs> earlier today. We've talked about a lot of the things that we're actually talking about. We've already had this conversation. Yeah, that's why my voice is hoarse. <laughs> today. But uh, I think that the reason that we've been able to be together for so long is because we aren't forced to be together. We're not forced to do two national tours a year. I mean, if we were stuck in a van together for 60 days, just regular annoyances would, pu- would pull us apart. So the fact that we... I can, we I can do, do it, 30. We, just, we do shorter. We just do a week. We're doing it a week at a time. We're just stretching it out. I mean, if we packed everything that we've done into f- five years, I would fucking yep. hate these people. <laughs> I, would, I would run screaming, but w- with any group of people. And I think that the fact that we... we work at our own pace has allowed us to just kind of spread it spread it out and to make it so something that we actually just do when we can and and it's it's not there's no pressure to get it right we're not ex- exhausting no 
a situation that can also al- already be very volatile. Is that what I said earlier? I think so. That sounds fine. Are you calling I me volatile? Je- and also, <laughs> no, no, never. Uh, <laughs> but, but also removing the misconception that there is like a time limit on this thing. I think it's oh, important. Oh, no, there, yeah. And, and that's, that's very important. I mean, enough time passes, you get old enough, you get perspective enough to know that this is a thing that brings joy and adds joy to your life. But and there's something really putting, sacred about that. We are that. putting time limits in that we are recording on Tuesday. And we've p- played these songs together for three days. I would just argue that <laughs> you moving to moving far away brought into focus the importance of this project maybe in a way that had been kind of slowly going out of focus over time because that's just what we do people don't go to the phoenix every weekend because they just assume the phoenix is going to be here forever sure Mm -hmm. people don't go see the new trust every time because they assume they'll just catch them next time Mm -hmm. and it's when the phoenix is maybe going to close down that everybody comes out of the woodwork those are are our best shows (laughs) i know (laughs) Uh, what a band we our friend jack who's recording our record said hey you you want to get people to a show tell them it's your last tour his band Madre toured and did their last tour it was like people came just just filled yeah, every venue you know what you get after that you get the reunion tour yeah. Yeah. which does equally as well they haven't done it but I've got friends I've done it oh last tour ever fill up the regency and then they're like oh hey yeah, six months later we're gonna do it again but that's not <laughs> you guys I mean you know it, it's just a th- I, I think this project is a thing that brings joy to you and to the people who love it and it really doesn't matter if it's 10,000 people or if it's five people it's only my mom as long as my mom her mom loves band, our band then we're fine there are far honestly. more people than your mom uh, but and for I, me, I know for i know me i know personally. i just mean it, don't don't sell this project short because there are a lot of people that do love this band i, uh, I think there are there's a, a really awesome small amount of people comparatively to you know from a number of the bands you can mention that are that really like our band and that's more important than you know a what's, ton of people kind of liking our you band. you know what's also more important we like the people that like our band. I've, yeah. I've toured, I've worked with bands <laughs> that hide from their fans. They do not like the people they're playing music to. That's some sad shit. <laughs> Those were all the hairball metal bands. <laughs> no, 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 even more contemporary bands, some of which have played the stage. We won't name yeah, names. But. There's, there, is, there are bands that like, that's their vibe. I mean, maybe it's the, maybe it's a mentality. Maybe there is a separation that they need to be an artist, but I really enjoy the fact that for the most part, I'm looking out at people that I'm like, holy shit, these people are awesome. Well, I think that's, it's a way that we Darwinistically get all of our favorite people to come see us is because if we're speaking, if you're singing about a certain thing, and your and your your songs about a certain thing and your lifestyle is about a certain way and it's from truly from who you are and fr- from a place that they can relate oh, to yeah, and the people are going to come that are going to relate to you like if i sing about something that's very specific to me as opposed to sing something that's very just very universal and can re- more people can relate to it a little bit than people that can relate to something a few amount of people can relate a lot then you're going to have the people that are like i that shit speaks directly to me. And if you're coming from truthfully a, a, a honest, cool place, then those are the people you want to hang out with. The people that you re- completely relate to and that relate to what you say. Yeah. Um, and so if Sometimes people relate to things you didn't know you said. You learn a lot about yourself if, if, if yeah. a, a bunch of weirdos are coming out and be like, I really relate to the crazy shit that you say. <laughs> like, oh, and that's like that is, if, or if you say something that's like, if, if you're singing about, I don't know, money and fucking violence, and people that are really into money and violence come see you. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't like money and violence. <laughs> How did I get these people at this show? Yeah. Well, and we talked earlier about the uh, fun being just a phase. I think that projects like this, this project in particular, is like the thing that stands in the way of that becoming 
a part of your life. You know, I think this allows fun to go on indefinitely mm -hmm. because you have something that forces you to get creative, to surround yourself with people who love the stuff that you're doing. Without yeah. this, it'd be a lot easier to fall into the no fun zone. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, well, especially sure. for me. Yeah. I don't know what it is. We're, we, we're doing something right as for, for, for the way we want to do it. Like we've somehow made it work that to our, in our favor that we have comfortable, small amounts of people that love us. That's great. <laughs> well, I would say that, um, you know, in this, particularly in our community, and I can't speak to the rest of the country, but like you guys doing this matters to people. And it may not feel like that when you're in the driver's seat. Same way with the Phoenix. Same exact thing with the Phoenix. You know, when you're doing it day in and day out in a world that's not particularly kind or encouraging of doing things like this, um, it does start to get taken for granted, it seems, and it starts to feel like it doesn't make as much sense. But I can tell you from my vantage point that it's important and it's beautiful and it inspires people. And I believe that very, very strongly about your music and about the Phoenix, and I think it's super cool. So I'm, I'm grateful that you guys are here with us tonight, so thank you for doing this. Of course, thanks for having us. This is, this is such an amazing, I mean, I've known you guys forever. I've known Tom since I was a child. I love this place more than any other place that hosts live music. There's nothing, I mean, we'll talk shit about nostalgia all you want, but there's nothing that speaks to me more than the Phoenix Theater. So it's a pleasure to do this with you guys. Well, I'm the one that talks shit about nostalgia. That's not your job here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you for hanging out with us and talking about it. And, uh, now we get to see where everything we talked about is channeled because in just a moment, now the interview is done. There's going to be a performance from the new trust. So thank you guys for joining us and everybody else stick around and watch the new trust. Thank you.
fortress One who nods and pretends Like he's listening While his eyes roll down your dress
different. You're a fucking liar. Who can 